Shopping for the best e-commerce tips, tricks, and techniques? Looking for better ways to push your product out of your online store? Watch your shopping cart overflow because you found the e-com experts. The e-com experts show you what you need to know to be a successful online retailer. Learn their search marketing strategies, their web marketing wisdom, and their calculated conversion measures. Please welcome the host of Ecom Experts, Shauna Siegel. Hello, 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 and welcome to another week of Ecom Experts. If you are listening to our live show, today is April 30th, and if you are listening live, I hope you will come and join us in our chat room. Just go to the top of webmasterradio.fm and click on the chat link. Once you come in here, I do hope you'll change your nicknames, type forward slash Nick, N-I-C-K, put in a space, and then put in your name. So let's go ahead and get started because we really have an awesome show for today because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is about SEO. I mean, who doesn't love learning more about search engine optimization? And with me today, I have an awesome, awesome guest. Joe Palco actually got started in e-commerce back in 1994. That's when he opened up his first online store. And in 2001, he helped to start up Solid Cactus and help people with other stores. And then in 2009, they sold Solid Cactus to web.com and he joined 3D Cart in 2011. So as I said on my blog, he has a lot of e-commerce experience. So uh, hi, Joe, how are you today? Hey, Shauna, how are you? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Excited to learn more. So you have to tell me, because you were like one of the very early, early, early pioneers of bringing e-commerce, you know, taking commerce, bringing it online Mm -hmm. back before there really was all these stores. So tell me, what even made you decide, okay, it's 1994 and I'm going to open up an online store? Well, you know, honestly, back then it was kind of an accident. Um, I actually didn't become an e-commerce merchant because I thought it was going to be a great business opportunity. Um, my business partner, Scott Sanfilippo, and I went to college together, and um, we had an interest in ferrets, right? So the fer- that's how the ferret store began. Believe it or not, in the, in the pet community, um, there's shows that are just like dog shows and cat shows. Well, uh-huh. there's ferret, ferret shows as well. Right. So we both had ferrets and we would go to the ferret shows and we started vending like at the shows, which we would, you know, sell our ferret products, which mostly was made up of supplements and um, foods and things of that nature. Um, And then the Internet at the time was like this new thing. And we were like, wow, you know, we could put these products like online and then people don't have to come to the show to buy from us. You know, they can send us an email. Well, the, I mean, the very first shopping carts were really rudimentary. Right. Um, they were really just, you know, it was like a basic cart, but there was no security. You really couldn't take a credit card online. I mean, it, but back in those days, it was, you know, I couldn't believe how popular the website had become at a point where we couldn't even take credit cards online. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It was accidental. I mean, what you find a lot of times now, the most successful merchants are either they have a niche product or mm-hmm. something that is, is very specialized to a certain group of people, mm-hmm. or they find a way to commoditize something at the lowest possible price. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and it's almost one or the other. If you're in between, like if you're trying to sell the, you know, the crock pot for slightly more than Bed Bath and Beyond, you're not going to have much luck. Right. You know, so little did I know it was like the best of all worlds. And we were like, we had a niche and a targeted group of people at a time when nobody else was there. Mm-hmm. So it, the first five years of that company were a lot of fun. I bet. I bet it was a lot of learning. I mean, a lot, because I remember my first couple of years and man, I screwed up a lot, but I also learned a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I think one of the most fun parts of selling back then was that we really only had two search engines. Um, Yahoo was there and it was more of a directory. It didn't act like a search engine. Mm-hmm. And then we also had AltaVista, which was pretty much the you know, the, the search engine of our time, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> and I can remember at one time getting a complaint from a customer that was, um, every time I go to the search engine, I type the word ferret, you're the only website that comes up. <laughs> and that's a bad thing. <laughs> well, back then, could, could you imagine, right? <laughs> I mean, look how hard it is now to get, like, you know, your product on Google even in the you know, top 50, let alone back then when the only thing we had as a search engine, oh. you know, all top 10 listings were ours. Yes. <laughs> back then it was so easy though for search engine optimization. I mean, I mean, I remember early in the 2000s, if I had a store that suddenly dropped in rankings, I'd just shut it down, open up a new one and I'd be back on the top. Pretty much. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it really started to get as complicated as it is now to what would you say, maybe 2004? Yeah, that seems about the right time, um, about 2004, because that's about when I had a bunch of people going, what are you doing? How are you doing it? And I learned SEO. I don't know about you, but I learned about it through pure laziness. You know, it was like, I'm getting all these phone calls and they're all asking me the same question. So I'm just going to put this on the website. Lazy. And it worked. (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy, but That's you know how it started, right? Yeah. And then as time went on, then you had to actually get good at maintaining it or you lost your ranking. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, that's how it just started with something so simple. And then it was like, oh, well, look at what that did, and then continue, continue, continue. And I think I think in those early days when there wasn't a lot of information out there and we were all just getting started, yeah. a lot of things just kind of happened that way. We'd stumble on something, we'd find that it would work, and then we'd use that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I also really like the fact that back then, it was like we were all trying to hide the secret sauce, You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It was like, well, I'm scared somebody else is going to open a site or I'm scared that this person is, you know, if I tell them what I'm doing, then they'll become my competitor. And I'm so glad that we got away from that. Mm -hmm. And now we share information. I mean, have you noticed that change as well? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, back then we didn't want to share information because there were so few of us doing it. Um, that we didn't want anyone to get a heads up, you know, but now it's so competitive and there's so many people doing it (laughs) that, that, you know, there's no problem sharing the information because if you're one of the lucky ones that has incredible SEO, as long as you're not, you don't mess it up, you'll probably still be one of the lucky ones that has incredible SEO. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing I think is very difficult for people to learn is that if they quit, like trying to go after those magic pills that get Mm -hmm. them to the top right away, um, those magic pills also lose, you know, their effectiveness right away as well. And they don't stay on top. And I think that's so hard for new store owners to understand. I think it's very hard for them to understand. It's pretty frustrating nowadays actually being in this business still watching how it's changed, you know, and people think that that selling online is this like instant success that mm-hmm. they don't have to do any work or spend any money and they're going to just instantly make money online, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it, it just doesn't work that way. Um, the people who seem to have the best SEO these days are people who have been online for 10 years and didn't do those crazy things 10 years ago to get on top. Mm-hmm. Right, because back in in that day, you could keyword stuff and um, you know load well, you know put horrible meta tags up and awful titles, and and that would boost you right to the top. And then remember when the um, you know inbound link um, thing became so popular, mm-hmm. like oh well, well then it didn't take too long for people offshore to figure out that they could just put up websites of garbage and put you know anchor text and hyperlinks and it would boost you to the top well that don't work now either but guess what if you did that five years ago you're nowhere to be found now so yeah and it's and it's very difficult for people to understand that many of your past mistakes are really now kind of being used as a test of your i guess i would say your site's character um on on how you will be in the future right if you were trustworthy Uh, Somebody who was trustworthy wouldn't have lied, right? And now that we can pick out a liar, (laughs) Mm -hmm. well, now you're not trusted. I've seen some merchants who were so successful back in 2004, 2005 to the point now where their their domain is so damaged by bad SEO that they'd almost be better off just shutting their whole domain down and starting over. Mm -hmm. Because Google and, and Yahoo and Bing, but mostly Google is very unforgiving. Yeah, yeah, they don't have the same forgiving attitudes as many of us do, that's for sure. So, you know, I want to kind of, let's take a real quick break, but when we come back, I really want to talk about, you know, some more of these tips that SEO, you know, for e-commerce merchants that they really need to pay attention to for SEO, because you're right, things can drastically change overnight, because they're doing so many changes in Google on a daily basis. You've mm-hmm. got to stick with what works. So, guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back, and we're going to learn more about e-commerce SEO. Time to check out our sponsors. Ecom experts will return after this. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 17th Annual International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. The call for entries has begun, and the deadline to enter is May 31st, 2013. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. Time now for another exciting episode of Pace of Analytics. Brought to you by AnalyticsSEO.com. In our last adventure, our hero was fending off his evil nemesis, Rhino the Algo. <laughs> 
this rhino has updated the algorithm again, and our website is falling down the rankings fast. Have no fear. Use our automated SEO tool to stay updated and to monitor your site with detailed reports. Or use our multi-site project management tool to manage all of your sites to stay on top. Take it from our fearless friend and be your own SEO hero with AnalyticsSEO.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. My name is Jim Gray, and I am a judge of the Superior Court in California. Did you know that since the federal government first banned marijuana in 1937, that usage in this country has gone up by about 4,000%? Or that an American is arrested on marijuana charges every 38 seconds? If you are wondering if any of this makes sense, you are not alone. To find out more, contact the Marijuana Policy Project at 1-877-JOIN-MPP or visit them on the web at mpp.org. Who dares enter the sacred and awesome presence of the everlasting know-it-all, yoga? My name is Barry Schwartz. I am the keeper of a greater magic, a power known throughout the universe as the... The Force? No, the Schwartz. It's something to check out. Discover the power of Barry, Rusty Brick Schwartz, and the search in your roundtable on The Pulse. The Pulse. On demand anytime. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Never underestimate the power of the Schwartz. You're back with the Econ Experts, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Shauna Siegel. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Joe Palco. He is with 3D Cart. He's got a lot of e-commerce experience, and we've got a lot of really great questions in our chat room that we're going to kind of get to at the very end, but I am marking them down. So if you have more, please put them in there. All right, so let's talk about this. What are some of the tips that you uh, give to e-commerce merchants when they say, you know, I really need help with my SEO. You know, what should I be doing? Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know where to start with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um the hard part being is that everybody comes into this um at at a different place. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, uh, the best way to describe it, you know, I I come across merchants that built a WordPress website and they're like, "I want to sell online." They're like, "Well, guess what? You know, without an e-commerce platform, um it's difficult to, to take a WordPress website and really turn it e-commerce. And I, I think, it, it, you know, again, it depends what you're selling, how many products you're selling, et cetera, mm-hmm. you know. But, you, you know, WordPress is such a great platform for content, but then people don't realize, oh, if I become a successful online merchant six months down the road, I may have, you know, 5,000 products. I may want to change prices in bulk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um SEO tips, I I think the number one thing for SEO, especially with e-commerce, is you need unique content. Mm. Um, it's so easy to find a distributor or a manufacturer of some form, take their product database, like upload it into a store, and now you've got the same product descriptions as, you know, 2,000 other websites. Yeah. So what happens, Google and Yahoo being, you know, the major search engines, let's say, they are trying to establish authority and trust, right? And those are the two major factors. And it's always been the major factors. It's just that the search engines weren't good at determining who was authoritative and who was trustworthy, right? right? Back, back in our day, that was the person who had the most links to your website was the you know, most authoritative Mm -hmm. and the person with the most unique content 
you know, was the most trustworthy, mm-hmm. right? So it's still kind of like that on the unique content level, but back in, you know, I say our day, like I'm really I know. old, but for <laughs> e-commerce, you know, 41 is pretty old, <laughs> you know? So, you know, back then, um, you didn't have as many people trying to sell the same things. Right. Right. You know, so I, I think the most important thing is definitely unique content, yes. uh, yes. custom written, realistic title tags, and meta descriptions. Mm. Um, meta keywords, not super important, but uh, you know, there's the the jury's still out on that. Mm-hmm. You know, and my my belief on that is that the the search engine algorithms are not going to use meta keywords to determine your rank. But they will look at the overall, um, you know, coding of your website and whether you're following the WC or 3C rules. Do you know what I mean? And that is having a keywords tag that is properly constructed. Right. And I think they use it as kind of like a theme for the website because if they get to the keywords and you've got like 200 keywords in there all for this one product, it gives them a good theme of what they're going to find through the rest of the site. Right, but too many on one page is is going against the trust. Right. Right. So you want to make sure if you do put meta keywords in the meta tag that those keywords appear on the page somewhere and that they are the most important keywords. And and, and in a meta tag, I say, um, you know, I've never used more than four or five mm-hmm. per page. Now, it doesn't mean website-wide, you know, you want different keywords on every page of your website, but they need to be relevant to that page. Mm -hmm. But the meta description is one of the most important meta tags. I don't think people realize that when Google and Yahoo and Bing put a description for your web page, they will take what's in that tag. So when somebody goes to Google and searches for a product or a keyword, what's going to show up? Um, underneath the title is that meta description. And if you don't have one, it's going, you know, the search engines are going to scan your page and try to pull text that it thinks is relevant. A lot of times it pulls off like copyright tags and things that aren't, that don't, aren't very important. So it, it can really affect your conversion. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a great question here is if you have your site set up to kind of pull that description from your item description, you know, would that be okay? And it's like, well, it depends. To me, that answer would be, it depends. What does your item description look like? Right. I think, I think in e-commerce and, and SEO, the answer is always it depends. <laughs> it's like you have to, you know, if somebody asks me a question, I have to look at the site to tell you the right answer. But in theory, if you have a good product description, um, as a default, if your e-commerce software is able to pull that description instead of not having a description, um, generally, if that description is written, that's that would be acceptable. Absolutely, and I love it. We always we always talk about it depends, you know. And there's so much about e-commerce and SEO and everything that says it depends. But yeah, you 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 kind of try to go to the norm of what you should be doing, you know. Now, what do you think is the biggest mistake that e-commerce merchants makes and i would i would say personally that duplicate content would be huge but are you seeing other really big mistakes that they're making one of the i I can't say this is a mistake it's an expectation one of the, the biggest problems is this concept of i just launched my website why am i not getting an order yes like this is something that really takes time this e-commerce is no different than if you put a store in a strip mall 
you know, if you have a bad location or a poor location, you have to give people time to find you. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or hire one of those monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Or, aka online, Google AdWords. Sorry. <laughs> You're right. You're right. But then, then again, the problem with AdWords can be, you know, think about it. When you're paying per click or even paying per conversion, if you're trying to sell a pack of gum, there's no way financially that that, that will ever make sense. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. just a little bit, you know, it's difficult. Yeah. And it, it and it is difficult. And then this is another one that's kind of like, well, it depends, you know, because of what's going on with the website. And and here's the thing is that, you know, you always see these merchants out here that are, have been doing e-commerce for a really long time. You know, maybe they've been around for 10 plus years and they're saying, you know, I, I don't I I have decent traffic, but I'm not selling as much as I maybe did three years ago, or, you know, I'm not selling as much as competitor A. What do you usually start with and tell them, okay, let's look at this because this is what the problem could be? Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) The problem is Amazon. (laughs) I'm saying that sarcastically, but a lot of times it is true. I read somewhere Amazon is... Accounts for thirty three percent of all online e commerce is done through Amazon. I haven't seen that statistic, but it sounds about right. I mean, it's definitely, you know, every online shopping portal type catalog, whatever, has its, you know, like it has its type of user, right? You you got eBay, right? Mm-hmm. eBay's customer base is generally a lot of times it's either a collector or it's somebody looking to get the absolute lowest possible price on something that somebody has too many of, mm-hmm. you know, and that's who goes there, right? And then Amazon is the convenient shopper that really doesn't want to pay for shipping or thinks that everything should just be a one-click purchase, you know? So you have, it has a very dedicated customer base. I know a lot of people personally, you know, just in my personal (coughs) relationships that are like, I shop on Amazon. Like they don't use the web browser to shop. They just buy everything at Amazon. (laughs) So a lot of times you'll find out that some of the most popular products are things that aren't in Amazon. Mm. Um, I don't know that it'll change because everything changes over time. Right. Right. You know, it, Amazon's not always going to be the one hit wonder. And I, I, I read a lot of financial, you know, Wall Street type things. And the, the jury's out on Amazon. You know, a lot of analysts are like, I think this thing has pretty much hit its capacity. And it's, pre- you know, so who, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, think, I think social is changing the game. Yes, um, but yes. I also feel like that's one place where Amazon can't really get into that game like some of our smaller merchants can. And some of our like niche merchants could really blow up that social space unlike Amazon could ever do. Because like your yep. store, you were yep. a ferret store. There's no way Amazon is going to spend tons of hours focusing on the ferret owner and what's good for ferrets, what's bad for ferrets, right. how you train ferrets. They're not going to do that focus, but yet you did. So we're going back to that same concept like I said before, right? It's like you're either the best at producing a commodity at the lowest possible cost, and that's generally Amazon, or making it the easiest, or in the niche arena. Um, yes, you're absolutely right. And that's, that is why this, the Ferret Store was so successful. Mm-hmm. And 
I think – and believe it or not, the ferret store was extremely social, except social in our day, like you know, 10, 15 years ago, was bulletin boards. <laughs> yes. But the ferret store had – like the, it was the probably one of the number one pet bulletin boards, and it was extremely interactive. And I had employees that just ran the bulletin board because that's how many people came there for information. <laughs> so rule number two, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is not embracing social media because that is – you are right. That is what's going to bring it back. And I, I do talk to merchants who say, oh, I do all this Facebook stuff and it doesn't mean nothing. Well, here's the deal, right? It's like a billboard on the side of the interstate. How many times do you have to pass that billboard before you actually know or remember it? That's right. Right? And you are never going to see social media be an instant sale. You're not going to post something on Facebook and then have somebody instantly buy it. But what you're going to eventually get is a lot of followers who are very into what you do and into what you have to say. And when they're ready to purchase, they will remember. Mm-hmm. But it takes time. You got to build up that relationship. Absolutely. You know what? Let's take another real quick break because I know we could go into this like a whole lot more. So um, don't go anywhere though. We're talking e-commerce and social media and SEO. And yes, they all do go together. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Ecom Experts on webmasterradio.fm. Time to check out our sponsors. Ecom Experts will return after this. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. Aim Clear, the agency, brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim Clear, this is how you sell with social. Aim Clear, this is how you sell with social. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. WebmasterRadio.fm presents PRSA Diversity Today. PRSA members leading the PRSA Diversity Initiative. Look at the many roles diversity plays in the public relations profession. PRSA Diversity Today. On demand anytime inside the PRSA channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Ecom Experts. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
Here's Shauna Siegel. I got to tell you guys, I love our chat room today. Great questions, great conversation. I love it. I love it. I love it. So if you're not in here, get in here. Okay. So, Joe, <laughs> I feel like we're halfway through the show and it's like, oh, we have so much more to cover. You know, we might have to do a part two. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> what are, you know, what are some ways when someone just says, you know what, I'm really having problems with SDO as a whole, what do you recommend that they do? Well, First thing, if you're going to get involved in e-commerce or you know any type of selling online, um, if you you know there's like a saying, if you're not in it to win it, get out. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the number one thing. Most people who are who are having problems have actually done nothing, and and they're all you know they ask like, oh, what what can I do for you know to improve SEO? And we'll go over some of these things and say, you know. All right, how about the titles? I don't have time for that. How about the content? I don't have time for that. Well, then we, you know, then get hire somebody to do it because if you're not going to do it, it's not going to get better on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, and generally the people who I speak with who are having problems with SEO, it really is usually one of those two characteristics. It's they ha- were popular 10 years ago and they've really messed up their domain through bad link building, which is the number one thing that Google really penalizes you for. Oh, sorry. It was take the dog to work day and he's a little upset. (laughs) (laughs) He'll behave. Sorry. Keep going. (laughs) And and the other just being that um, I want to sell online, but I don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. And those are typically the the two biggest problems with SEO. Now, the reality is if you're not going to do it yourself, then get someone to do it for you. But someone has to do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. What's really interesting to me is they don't have the time. They don't have the resources to do it. But yet, ask them how much they're spending on pay-per-click. Oh, my goodness. Right. It's a, that, that could really shock you in some cases. I mean, it really depends. One thing I want to say about pay-per-click is that if you're going to invest in pay-per-click, invest in a website redesign first because there's nothing – more useless than throwing money at something that people don't trust. And if you have a very ugly website or you don't look like a legitimate business and you're paying for a lot of traffic, you'd be amazed how much an actual professional looking website design will make a difference in conversions. I would rather have a hundred people come in my store and 10 people buy than a thousand people I'm paying for and only one person. Correct. And that, that, that is another, not an SEO mistake always, but an e-commerce in general mistake is just, you know, there's a lot of, like, you take, like, 3D Cart, for example, which is a very good platform for e-commerce and for SEO, right? And we've got some pretty nice-looking templates. Um, So you can have a pretty professional-looking website, but if you don't know what you're doing and you throw up a logo that looks like something a five-year-old made, you instantly take credibility away from Mm. Or those mailboxes that have the open-close, open-close going (laughs) (laughs) I thought they stopped in the. In the they in have the it. They <laughs> have it. <laughs> okay, so you know what? Though I honestly think that shopping cart platform though makes a big difference for SEO. And you know, you're saying you're talking about conversion. What's really interesting to me though is that conversion is also affecting SEO now. Is affecting how you're being ranked in the search engine because it goes back to what you originally started with, which was the authority and the trust. Right. And I right. and awesome. So I mean, 
do you feel like there's a big difference in the shopping cart platforms too? Um, you know, the one thing about e-commerce that's so interesting is there it's so fragmented. There really is no real leader in this even today. Um, 3D cart is one of the most popular platforms. Shauna, you know, like Solid Cactus was a Yahoo store uh, mm-hmm. provider, right? Um, you were big in Yahoo. That's how I know you from so many years ago. Right, you know? right. Um, Yahoo merchants, like a good example is Yahoo is a wonderful platform for SEO. It's very hard to build a new store on and you almost always need help from someone from the outside to help you go live with the store. Right now, it, it, the reason the merchants that are on it are so successful is a lot of those merchants are the ones who came on the platform in 98, 99, 2000, and they're still there today. Um, other platforms like 3D Cart are much easier to get started on if you do want to sell online. Like you could sign up for 3D Cart and figure out how to open a store on your own without getting help from an outside source. Mm-hmm. Um, all the e-commerce platforms today pretty much do the same things, but they target the consumer or you know the e-commerce um, day, people in a, a different way. You know, 3D Card is the one a, a lot of times for ease of ease of use. You know, um, you, Yahoo is a platform that could take a, a real pounding with traffic. It's got an amazing infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's also extremely expensive if you sell a lot. You know, so all, it, all of them have their plus and minuses, you know, and just like I think it, the answer comes to, you know, which one you use, it depends. And I think that's a lot is goes towards your needs. Um, but but another question, though, we get even from a lot of people is, well, should they even open up multiple stores? Multiple stores, in my opinion, can be very good for you if you are not doing it for the wrong reason. Like, let's just say I have a store and it's pretty successful and it's doing well. If I take one category and open a brand new store based on that category and I don't give it its own identity, a whole new, you know, a, you know, basically a whole new identity, all I'm going to do is convolute things and that new store is not going to be successful. Right. You know, I think that a lot of real um, successful people in e-commerce run multiple stores selling different things. They don't try to sell everything on every site. <laughs> you know, it was interesting. I was talking to one of our clients today who sells all kinds of tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of this of this product. And then they said, well, why is this store beating me in this category? And it's like, well, because they have a niche site and all they're doing is selling that. That's their main focus. That's all they're doing. That's why they're doing so well, mm-hmm. you know, yep. because they're more relevant to what their, you know, those customers are looking for. But then again, one thing we looked at is they were huge in the social media space. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you think social media plays a big role with SEO? I think it does. I think what what Google and the search engines are looking for is not necessarily a listing or posts on Facebook, but it looks for momentum because mm-hmm. that helps. So we call it like cues, like social media cues. Mm-hmm. Tell Google and the search engines that what you have is something that people are interested in. So it's not like the old concept of of SEO, like oh, you know, I need to put my hyperlink on a tweet and tweet it. You know, but what Google does see is if 
you have you know it's not going to necessarily index the link in a tweet but it's going to see if that tweet has been shared with 20,000 other individuals and i i do think that it it pays a lot of attention to the social aspects Absolutely. And, you know, we had the question about how can Facebook, like, help your ranking online if you do have an active page that's gaining followers and being interactive. And I say absolutely. It just goes to the authority and trust. Yes, but you got to not think of it the way we thought of SEO four or five years ago. Like, that link is what's getting you, (laughs) you know, higher. It's not the link. It's the momentum of people sharing and reading your information. Because, and the thing is, is what people need to realize is that that's what happens naturally when people find good sources and they're trying to be as nat. They're trying to get that natural. Mm -hmm. So if you're just, I've seen people go, well, I I heard that you do better if you have more likes. So I paid to get 3000 likes. Bad. That was like paying for 3000 links, dork. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Don't forget, you know, Google with Google plus is basically Google's way of knowing that I am a person with a Gmail account, with a login, and I'm logged in to Google. So it knows that the activity that's generated from me is real. Yes. Now, do you feel like store owners should be using Google Plus? Um, I do. I definitely do. I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't think it's bad in any way, shape, or form, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's good to put the plus one on your page, like have allow people to plus one your actual page. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily using what's kind of interesting is how Google calls everything like plus one, right? Like their social network is plus one, but then you can plus one somebody's web page. It's not the same thing as the social network, but we're still calling it plus one. Mm-hmm. So they're just making this really, it's kind of a confusing product. But, um, Agreed. I mean, as a social network, I find it's, it, it's kind of cool, but it's only really cool for people in our industry. Yes. Like if you're in technology, then you probably have a Google Plus account and you actually post on it. Yes. But consumers don't and people who are shopping don't. It's it's just everybody who I have on Google Plus is somebody I worked with at a technology company at some point in my life. Right. right. But the regular Google Plusing, you know, like that's not your profile. That's how many times your web page has been plus one. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to put the plus one graphic on, put the plus one for your actual web page. Mm, I love it. I love it. Now, um, another, while we're here on this uh, social, and I do want to get to our uh, you know to our listeners' questions. Actually, let's take our last break, and then we can come back and finish up our questions and go through our listeners' questions. Um, so don't go anywhere. We're going to cover all of this. All right, you're listening to Ecom Experts on WebmasterRadio.fm. Time to check out our sponsors. Ecom experts will return after this. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. 
We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link-building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Search Kingdom. We explore the world of search marketing, give in-depth analysis inside the important industry headlines, and interview with the most important industry thought leaders. Search Kingdom, on demand inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're back with the Ecom Experts, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Shauna Siegel. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Joe Palco from 3D Cart. And man, oh, man, our time is like flying by. So we'll try to get to um, these questions. I got one more that I really want to ask you about. And what are your thoughts on blogging? Oh, I think blogging is extremely important. Um, But here's the thing, right? We're talking about authority and trust, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you throw up a blog and you only blog once every three months, you're definitely not an authority, right? An authority is somebody who's really passionate about something. Mm-hmm. And if you're passionate about something, you're probably blogging once a day. Um, I would say the, that it, the worst case would be once a week. If you can't put up a blog at least once a week, I think it will do you more harm than good. Yeah, and I have to admit, I have gotten so busy, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I we all get to that point. We just get so busy. There's no time to do it, you know. And then, or we're doing all the blogging we can for our customers, but we're not doing it for ourselves. And yet, it's such a powerful tool if you use it correctly. And I love blogging. And so, yeah, that's one of those areas that I find, and I am guilty myself. We just we do all the blog to get all the customers and once we have all the customers we stop the blogging don't make your blogs um too sales pitchy i mean that that's Mm. not what an authority would do just think if you were an authority in something you would write something that other people are interested in and want 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 to share it that's right. I, I always say use the 80-20 rule, whether you're emailing, blogging, Facebooking, whatever. Only 20% should push the sale. You know, mm-hmm. 80%. And actually, I'm starting to find that that number might need to be moved down to 10% because more and more people are out there finding information. That's, you know, like before I go buy anything, I'm, I've been looking for an RV. Where have I gone? Online to find info. You know, mm-hmm. we're all researching. Yeah. We all want the research. And the, and the sites that are going to rank the best, most likely, in Google or Yahoo Bing, 
would be if there were articles out there that were written about RVs that were shared a lot. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, let's get some of these questions, and we're just going to have to do like a part two interview to get through the rest. So, um, what when you're when we were originally talking about websites that um, you know long time ago doing bad things that were you know and they were hurt during algorithm changes are they blacklisted forever? Well, I mean, forever is a harsh word. Yeah. <laughs> um, if they are, if they have what would be like a manual penalty assessed, you probably know about it. You would have gotten a warning if you use Google Webmaster Tools if, or, or Bing Webmaster Tools. If you don't use the Webmaster Tools, you might not know. So I, I do want to say that those are some of the best things that the search engines have given us. And anybody with a website that actually really cares should use Bing Webmaster Tools and Google Webmaster Tools. It'll yeah. tell you a lot. It will, but what about if your site did not participate in any of the scams or anything or the links, and yet they still been ban- they're still not getting the rankings? Well, if you've if you've been around a long time and you've been selling the same type of product or have had the same type of content for a very long time, um, one of the issues could just be could be that your your content is stale because um, you, you know if you haven't redesigned your website because remember let's think about you know authority right and an authority is somebody who is up with the times keeps up with technology you know what i mean so let's just say your site did great five years ago but you've never redesigned it you've never added product you haven't done anything it's just out there stagnant and there's no changes taking place um google knows you're not probably an authority anymore because nothing is exactly the same as it was five years ago. You know, and that was one of our questions is how often, and this is actually a conversation that I was, you know, um, going through today is how often should we update the design? But not only that, you know, my concern is I see a lot of people that come in that say, well, I already have this programming and I don't want to update it. But yet I learned that their programming was done four or five years ago, and that's like saying, hey, I bought the latest flip phone five years ago, and it's still great today. It's no. exactly the case. It's that's, exactly the case. Yeah, yeah, and the programming needs to be updated because, yep. you know, it's like programming that you put in today is outdated tomorrow just like the computer you buy because there's so much changing. And that's part of being an authority. Don't think that, that part of Google's quality scores don't have anything to do with your website having coding from 2007 because it, it does make a difference. You really have to be current. Um, and my rule has always been – I've always felt that every 18 months to two years, you should do a complete redesign and a complete reprogramming. And and that yeah, complete reprogramming now, too. Yeah. Not changing the content—that's the danger. I mean, you don't, you know, I'm not going to rewrite all my product descriptions every two years. <laughs> um, in that case, what you want to do is you want to appear natural. Right. Um, Google and and any search engine never really likes a massive content change because it spooks the search engine into wondering if you're changing your focus. Right. So if you had 2,000 pages, I don't recommend uploading a file that changes 2,000 titles. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple, you know, maybe 25, 30 a week mm-hmm. is natural looking. Um, anything you do that looks unnatural will probably hurt you at some point. But updating your website to the, the newest HTML and using the most current programming is a positive. 
Yeah, and you know where I real I, I I usually say that to customers. It's like imagine that phone, but I'm actually volunteering three times a month at this place that uses a 1998 ThinkPad laptop that mm-hmm. takes 10 to 15 minutes to load, and it's like that makes me just think about programming from mm-hmm. 1998 that takes 10 to 15 minutes to. Load. <laughs> what I think people have to remember, though, is is the search engines, especially Google, are looking at probably up to about 300 different pieces of criteria yeah. and trying to determine your ranking. So even if you were, you know, like a pizza shop with a cash register from 1994, um, if the food was good, you know, it's that cash register is not going to be enough to make people, you know, make um, Google not care about you because you're still an authority and you still have a good product. But um it's that just one more little thing. <laughs> you know, I, I, you, find, you find the more you talk about SEO, it's like um, there's all these little pieces of a puzzle that go together, and all those little pieces help you to get the big picture. Yep. That's what yep. I love about That's exactly it. exactly what it is. All right. So Brasco is saying we got to end it soon. I can't believe it's almost been an hour. So let's just end with one last question, if we may. Sure. Um, one of the greatest questions I think that our chat room ask is, does it hurt your SEO to do like a, let's say you write a blog post um, and you put that on Facebook and Google plus, and maybe even Twitter too, is that going to hurt you? No, see in that case it won't because what the, what the search engines are going to look at is a Facebook user is not a Google plus user and a Google plus user is not generally a Twitter user. It's people will default to one form of social media so the same article appearing on Twitter, Google, or Twitter, um, Google Plus, and Facebook is kind of, you know, to the search engine would mean that there's just lots of people interested. Yes, and that's what we want to see. Joe, I can't thank you enough. If people want to learn more about you or 3D Cart, where do they go to? Um, 3D Cart is pretty easy. It's the number 3dcart.com. Um, we're a shopping cart software provider. Um, I have a blog, josephpalco.com. I don't update it. I'm one of those that's pretty guilty. Uh, but, you know, if you want to check it out, I, I usually don't even post e-commerce. I tend to be one of those um, political people that comment about everything. But <laughs> um, you can follow me in social media. I'm out there. I'm posting all the time. That's and um, 3D Cart is a really awesome product. It, I totally recommend it. All right. That's, I wouldn't be here if I didn't. So. That's right. That's right. You you do things that you believe in, um, and we've loved getting to know you over the years, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks so much, Shauna. All right, guys. Purse Strings is coming up next, and if you guys know anything about women shoppers, I read this figure one time that it said that 80% of the buying decisions are made by women even if their husband's buying it. So you might want to stick around and check it out. For now, we are done with Ecom Experts, but I certainly hope you will join me next week. We will be live at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. That is on Tuesday. Don't forget that we changed that up. And actually, next week, we are going to be talking to one of our good friends, Mark Levine, and he is from Bubblefast. We're going to talk about the updates and all the shipping and all that good stuff. So stay tuned for Purse Strings. You've been listening to Ecom Experts. Experts on webmasterradio.fm.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.